Hello and welcome to the Financial Fox, finance, investment and crypto with a twist. I'm your host, Steffi B. I'm the founder of PR company Cassiope Services and every week I bring to you my favorite conversation with investment experts, market disruptors, mover and shakers and the coolest project in crypto. So there's been so much said about metaverses with Facebook entering the space, a question about NFT, which are creating wealth, but also they have a utility. And this utility is something to be explored a little bit more because it goes beyond NFT just being a collectibles. So I have invited Irina Karagur, head of Metaverse Growth and Unit Network to discuss this and more. So stay tuned and I hope you enjoy the interview. Hi, Irina, how are you? Hi, Stefania, good, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. It's uh, really good to have you on the show because you are doing some really some interesting things with uh, NFTs and also you are head of growth um, for the Metaverse at Unique Network. So that's pretty exciting. So do you maybe want to start giving us an overview of what Unique Network is? Sure. Um, thank you for having me on the show and a few words about Unique Network. Unique Network is a scalable blockchain for composable NFTs with advanced economies. And uh, we are at the NFT chain for Kusama and Polkadot. Uh, taking advantages of being, we're actually right now in the process of crowd loan and becoming a parachain on Polkadot. Uh, so the advantage of being there is, as we all know, that Polkadot has created an interconnected internet of more efficient blockchains, uh, and its backbone is substrate. So uh, our technology is based on substrate framework, uh, which improves limitations of existing systems like high gas fees, low sustainability, network congestion, uh, and it provides a better foundation for the next generation of NFTs that are uh, able to scale. Uh, so we are the infrastructure and we allow applications to build on top of Unique Network. Um, I've joined the project in uh, uh, at the end of April uh, this year, and we've already seen over 100 um, applications submitting their interest in building on Unique Network. Some are already in the active building and pre-launch stage projects like Artpool, which is a, a network of curators and they curate NFTs um, that go in the marketplace, which is absolutely excited, uh, exciting next level approach to NFT space. Then we have many proof of concepts, um, games, uh, art projects, so real estate. Uh, at Unique Network, we have two verticals that we really are focused on. It's an art and gaming, uh, because we believe that you know uh, it all kind of began with a very primitive use case, such as collectibles, as everybody is saying, you know, minting JPEGs on chain. Um, but we really want to take art and gaming to the next level, uh, where you can see really really, really important artworks um, that not only are sort of digital artworks or real world artworks that are tokenized and put on a blockchain, but really a way to use the base of the blockchain technology um, and 
we want to see an, an evolution in NFT space. Okay. What, what really like high profile artists um, or young talented artists can do. And we really believe that NFT technology has to be available to everyone. Okay, that's uh, that's great. Lisa, let's uh, uh, break this down a little bit more because you mentioned that NFT started as collectible in arts, obviously. But, you know, as they are creating uh, um, wealth, they are also increasing the, um, you know, the utility they are providing. And uh, before you mentioned about NFTs for advanced economies, and I quite like that because that's where utility of an NFT uh, it comes very important when you are talking about a digital economy, when we are talking about metaverses. And uh, um, again, Unique Network is uh, focused on composability of NFTs. So talk, talk me through this evolution of NFTs. So how are you creating the next level of NFT and what utility you see attached to that? Um, so the utility here for us comes from the creators because, um, as I mentioned, we are infrastructure. So we're giving toolbox and white label solutions to artists and creators. And our mission is uh, to give anyone access uh, to this technology, to give anyone the opportunity to launch their application uh, for advanced NFTs. Uh, we are still at the very, very beginning of uh, launching this technology because, uh, as I mentioned, we are becoming a parachain. So once we're fully on chain, uh, then we will really see all applications and startups and teams innovating in the space. Uh, but what we could see already on, on the level, say, of, um, as an example, Canaria project, uh, that is a partner of Unique Network, they are launchpad for NFTs. So we jointly are creating NFT palette and NFT relationships okay. where let's say you can have a painting of Mona Lisa uh, and users uh, can send tokens and emojis to, to the painting. Uh, and let's say they want the painting to blush. So by sending uh, blush and emojis, uh, they make like the picture appearance different. So one that's, of the examples. That's great. That's great. I have a, a um, I bought an egg. So I have a bird, and I, and I know there are different features within the bird. So you are basically saying that this is the concept. So you can actually interact interact with the art piece and make it changing um, depending on the interaction that it gets. Exactly. And also, we're very much looking into gamification of things. Um, because, for example, as you may know, we've launched uh, the very first collection that was launched by Unique Network was Substrapanks. Um, and the image is just the head of a punk. Uh, and then somebody from the community got the, the hands and created the bodies and then made a 3D version. And now they're creating a little game with that sort of like... Um, sandbox style. Uh, so these are like really, say, beginning of use cases of what can be done just, you know, in, in a very, very simple way. Or the ways some startups are innovating, they are bringing, they're mixing digital and physical. So say they are creating DAOs of NFT owners. Um, they use NFTs as fundraising tool. Like, for example, Artpool is actually using NFTs as fundraising pool to fund global art projects because we know how difficult it is to 
for young artists to uh, get in, exhibited in a museum uh, to enter this institutional world and how difficult it is for museums to maintain collections, um, do restructuring, restorations, uh, it all requires funding. And how would you, you know, in get people involved and um, make them care about the museum collection? You add NFT and a, an experience. And there, the interesting thing is the ownership. So now everybody can own an NFT or say, um, um, copy of a museum painting, like say you are visiting a museum and then, you know, after you pass through a, a gallery with collections, you go to a bookstore and you buy a little souvenir with a Van Gogh painting, right? And take it home. And by that, you're also contributing to maintaining museum collection life. But now imagine that some kind of souvenir is available in the form of an NFT. And then everybody from all over the world can contribute to the museum collection. Uh, museums can integrate virtual worlds inside of the collection and allow you to join the space by wearing your virtual glasses by being in your home, because now we're still in the world of restricted traveling. But even though, you know, um, once, once the restrictions will be lifted, maybe you are sitting somewhere in Moscow and you're a student of an architectural school and you're writing a thesis about Louvre Museum. And, you know, you may not have the opportunity to just jump on a plane and travel there over the weekend and see the space and see a particular painting in details, but you can wear your glasses and virtually teleport yourself uh, in the museum and have that virtual tour and that very close to real experience. And I think that's that's so so such a good point that sometimes people think about what is the value that's actually a great point and also I was thinking like you know nft that evolves um you know lots of the time we we talk about avatar and you know building a digital presence of ourselves in the metaverse I mean our personality, our self, is actually a product of social interaction and what people tell to us, right? So if we think about that, you can, you can basically have an NFT, which is your avatar, that can change based on the interaction it gets. That is a concept that is very close to what is happening now to us as a human being, that you change, you you. Um, you know, your emotion evolves because you get an interaction with other people. So I see some great user cases, even uh, um, for avatars, for this de tokenization of humans. Do you disagree on that? Um, I absolutely agree. Uh, and another great um, use case and a project that just came to my mind, uh, we're partnering with Dressix, which is a digital fashion platform. Uh, and they're doing an amazing thing. They are creating digital clothes for Instagram influencers or you know other influencers uh, because fashion influencers, they need you know many outfits because that is their um, way of creating things and showcasing how one can be dressed for a specific occasion or in a daily life. So just imagine the amount of clothes we all need to wear uh, and produce. And that's been, that really being uh, like the fashion industry and, and the amount of clothes we produce has been growing exponentially in the past um, 
decades. Uh, and that's unsustainable. So what DressX is proposing is that we create digital clothes and we use it for social media for specific occasion and we don't pollute the environment and we don't need to waste resources to create factual physical clothes because we don't need so much clothes. That, that's a good point. I do have a question though. Maybe you can answer from, you know, coming from Polkadot or Kusama, but NFTs, they consume lots of energy. That's a big issue with the fashion, for example, industry or with any other industry that is very, sense, um, you know, is very attent to uh, climate change and stuff like that. So I understand the things about physical waste, but what about energy consumption? Uh, what will be your answer and where Polkadot and Kusama come in as an energy, um, you know, a, a, as a chain that is actually valuing energy consumption rather than them producing so much energy that uh, can actually damaging the um, the planet. Um, yeah, so we're proof of stake um, by default. Uh, so clean energy, clean NFTs, uh, which is way, way, way less energy consuming than uh, proof of work blockchains, uh, or even less energy consuming than uh, solutions built on top of uh, like um, mediums in between solutions. Uh, like layer two yeah. and, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So okay. in this, um, actually, uh, next week, I'm going to COP26. We're presenting Digital Art for Climate Initiative um, at the COP precisely because um, uh, IAAI Glocha, uh, a United Nations uh, associated organization, has chosen Unique Network as a partner uh, for its marketplace uh, for Digital Art for Climate. Uh, Precisely because one of the main reasons was that we are proof of stake, we are clean solutions um, to mint NFTs, so we don't pollute the environment. Uh, yeah. Okay, so um, that's great. Going back to Polkadot and Kusama, you mentioned about parachain, you mentioned about crowd loans. Maybe not everybody is familiar with all these stages, right? <laughs> Can you maybe explain? Uh, very simply, where Unique Network is and what is the steps or the structure of the Polkadot ecosystem and how that works? Um, so now we are in the stage of a crowd loan. So we're collecting uh, KSM from community to become a parachain on Kusama first. And then once that is completed, uh, we'll be aiming to become a parachain on Polkadot. Um, in the next release, um, not, not like the, the one that's coming uh, on the 11th of uh, November, but uh, on the later batches once we stabilize some of our chain. Um, so it, crowd loan is a loan um, centrally from the community. So KSM holders land money to the project. Um, for a period of time, and then they get a native token. In our case, it's Quartz. So we're launching Quartz on Parachain on Kusama, and then Unique Parachain on Polkadot. Uh, so we're giving Quartz tokens to KSM holders um, who are loaning us um, their KSM to be able to run a Parachain, uh, and then they will get their KSM returned. So it's a win-win situation because um, this loan allows projects like ours to launch a parachain uh, and then holders don't need to uh, contribute their, their KSM. So they are just 
uh, lending us their asset for a period of time and then they will get it back. Okay. Uh, tell me a bit about how important or how are you tackling interoperability uh, among chains? Because obviously we, are, we have been talking about NFTs, uh, the use case, the utility, and we are not talking about silos, metaverse. We are talking about ability actually to move these digital assets across a different reality, across different metaverses. So yeah, tell me how are you um, facing and tackling the interoperability? Um, well, Polkadot is known to be uh, a blockchain of blockchains. Um, so by default, Polkadot ecosystem is interoperable. And when we talk about interoperability, we basically talk more about standards that match different tech and enable them to work together. Uh, and then there's also an important concept of composability. Um, so when we talk about composability, we're like talking about a vertical building. So that's an Ethereum ecosystem currently. Uh, and everybody finds advantages in working in Ethereum ecosystem because there is a lot of liquidity, there are a lot of users, dApps, etc. But it's a vertical system. But when we're talking about interoperability, we're talking about the horizontal system. Uh, so this composability inside of uh, interoperability assures us alignment of different blockchains. So in Polkadot, inside of our ecosystem, we have different parachains and then communicate, they communicate with each other uh, because they're all plugged into a relay chain. Uh, and then there is a possibility to build bridges between different parachains. But also Polkadot by default is EVM compatible. Uh, so by default, most of the parachains are compatible with the Ethereum ecosystem, which is essential because, as I mentioned, uh, since everything has been going vertical and all the dApps and users were in this um, high-rise infrastructure, uh, now we want to, but there was a problem there. It is congested, uh, it has um, high gas fees, uh, and it's not, it's difficult to scale. And... Um, the it's not so easily upgradable. And Polkadot by default has forkless upgrades. And that is the biggest innovation advantage that Polkadot has. So in order to um, ease the, the, the flow uh, in this vertical infrastructure, we are not able to build the horizontal one and build bridges between different networks and uh, ensure composability in networks so all the system communicates. Because the idea is that all blockchains um, are able to talk to each other and we are able to exchange information. So just like the, the Web2 internet, um, because of its protocols, uh, we can open different website, uh, websites, different applications. And from the user perspective, we don't care what is under the hood. Um, we don't care about the code that is written there. Uh, we care about user experience. And from the user experience perspective, interoperability is super important because as a user, you want to be able to move your assets from different platforms and you want to move your NFT from different games, or if we're talking about virtual worlds, from different metaverses. So if you're playing somewhere in some new space, you want to be able to take your assets and move them to the central land um, freely and easily and without the need to write a code. 
So, so how that really works? I mean, you mentioned about uh, bridges. So um, is that Polkadot use specific bridges or just connect directly with another EVM compatible chain? Um, so if the parachains, like if there is an embedded uh, EVM compatibility, then the chain by default is compatible, say, with Ethereum wallet, like a MetaMask. Uh, in other cases, if we're talking about, say, uh, connecting unique network with Avalanche, we'll need to build a bridge. Or now there was recently released that um, Energy Web connected with Moonbeam, and there was a third party building a bridge for it. Sure. So talking about like really complex infrastructure because here's where composability is important that different blockchains that are built on different in different frameworks like one is built in substrate and another is built uh, using smart contracts and solidity then they need a bridge to communicate we need to assure that the data in one blockchain is easily readable on another blockchain so we need a very specific bridge to make them Obviously, uh, the fees to get through the bridges are quite important. You mentioned about user experience, so we don't want to have, uh, you know, a bridge that is highly expensive or is very um, is not fast enough because then the user experience would be penalized. Obviously, uh, well, you know, I mean, in the so how it works on unique network, for example, if you want to move your assets from. Um, Ethereum ecosystem into unique network, you basically freeze them on Ethereum, um, move them to Polkadot, and then all your other transactions are will cost you cents. Um, or in gaming, you will be able to use freemium. Uh, and also we enable sponsoring of transaction fees for not just games, but also for galleries and for uh, you as a business to benefit your end user. So if you calculate on a larger scale, your economic model, uh, you'll see that it's beneficial to be building in polkadot system because gas fees by default are really, really low. We're talking about 20 cents per transaction at the moment. And it, it doesn't like it doesn't vary that much as it varies in the Ethereum space right now. So it cannot go to a thousand for a transaction because I've recently seen um, someone was trying to mint a collection for sale on, 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 on a large marketplace and the gas fees was something like $1,400. Yeah, yeah, there's some, some really crazy, crazy fees there. Listen, talking about the metaverse, I just want to um, hear your thought and uh, there has been a lot going on after Facebook announced uh, you know, they, they, um, they are entering the metaverse and we've seen all the play-to-earn gaming uh, tokens going through the roof. And there is a lot of excitement in the space. Uh, do you see, how do you see the metaverse developing? Uh, what are your thoughts on what Facebook is trying to do? What the reaction will be from the decentralized community of uh, uh, project like Decentraland, the Sandbox, and where the user you think is going to align more towards? Um, well, what is currently I'm seeing in the space is that we have many different metaverses being developed, right? There is um, Sandbox, Decentraland, um, Somnium, Big Country. There are many, many, many different virtual worlds. Um, and the idea is that actually, well, 
every user should be able to have his private metaverse. Uh, Currently, what I'm seeing is that a lot of businesses are moving into the space and companies have discovered that they can have their virtual conference there, uh, work meeting, um, uh, an after work party or uh, an event um, or gallery exhibition. And it's it's pretty exciting um, how things are developing because the technology is advancing and the precision of virtual glasses is advancing. Um, and it actually really does add value in, in many in many ways to be able to interact in this virtual world. So um, I think there is a great future for many more applications and use cases and smooth user experience. In terms of Facebook entering the metaverse, um, it really, if they decide to go decentralized and issue tokens for users, you know, that can be a game changer. And um, but are they going to go decentralized? They're not going to make more money. I mean, this is, will be, it will be a really a great, uh, it will be great to see, um, you know, giving Facebook back to the community. Well, it's, I guess, um, in, in a large, in a way, it's on us, on users to decide how we want to go. Uh, because there is a really good example of, of, us as, as users, as people taking a decision, when we once um, had to, we once favored fossil cars, fossil fuel over uh, electric cars to, uh, and you know, it took us how many years to realize that electric cars are actually better and they're less um, pollutant to the environment. So now we are transitioning to electric cars. So it's the same kind of, um, point of crossroads uh, for for the metaverse and virtual world and creative economy, you can decide to use centralized services or you can decide to use decentralized services because the power is in your hands. Yeah, exactly. Okay, listen, really exciting times ahead and we are going to see what is going to happen. In the meantime, I wish you all the best with Unique Networks and hope to have you back on the show when we have got more news, more partnership and, you know, you can tell me more about what, um, you know, you have been building on. Thank you, Stefania. It's been a great pleasure talking to you today and hope to see you soon. Okay, so what we establish is definitely that NFTs are not just collectibles, but also they have an inner value, a very important value for their users within the metaverse. And I think the great example brought by Irene about the students that can just be sat in his house in Moscow and he can visit uh, the Louvre Museum, for example, for his thesis of his university course. And the, the museums is just an example can be an exhibition, can be anything. So this ability to enter the metaverse and experience something digitally that otherwise it wouldn't be possible, I think is a fantastic use case and utility that the digital world, the digital assets such as NFT are bringing to the space. I was intrigued by the concept of avatars and actually how thanks to an evolving NFT and reacting NFT, we can actually build our avatar within a metaverse. We can actually evolve ourselves. We can be 
more human being uh, because uh, the way that we change in a real life is uh, due to interaction, social interaction is due to feedback that we get from other human beings. And with the this mechanism being able, be enabled by NFTs, then it will be interesting to see what our avatar are going to look like. And I don't think we should, we are going to wait really long to see that happening. So stay tuned. Also, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube and podcast channel, please click the subscribe button to stay up to date with our news and interviews. And if you have any question, don't worry, you can send me an email at steffi at financialfox.news and I will get back to you. I will see you next time.